to the Energetic Radio Podcast. My name is Dale Sidebottom. Each week, I'll bring you inspirational guests who will help you bring fun, energy, and purpose into your lives. Let the show begin. Welcome to episode number 142 of the podcast, and today I'm joined by Ryan Farhey. Now, Ryan was on the podcast 102 episodes ago, and on that podcast, we talked about the power of play, and since then, Ryan has just gone on and just is dominating everything he's doing. Now, I was a huge believer in Ryan and loved his writing, and he's done a lot of articles on a platform called Medium, and from there, he created his first book called Thought Leadership, which I absolutely loved. It's a really simple, easy-to-read book, and it's really about performing at a high level um, and producing wealth in your life. And that's not only uh, money, but it's professionally, it's relationships, everything like that. And recently, Ryan has put together a even better, bigger, amazing book called Your Best Decade. And that's what we talk about today. We talk about a lot of the things that's happened in Ryan's life, and that could be teaching overseas, getting married, um, the routines, the way he runs his life, everything like that. And what it really breaks down to is Creating Your Best Decade, and that is the book that Ryan's spoken about, he's created, he's put his life work into this, and I want to share that with you today, and I'm stoked to have Ryan back on here. He's a wealth of knowledge, and not only, he is so passionate about making the world a better place. So guys, sit back and relax. This is episode number 142 with Ryan Fahey. Welcome to the podcast. This is episode number 142, and I've got my big mate, Rhino, all the way from Canada. How are you, legend? I'm good, Dale. Thanks for having me today. My pleasure, mate. Now, it has been 102 episodes since you have last been on. What have you been up to? So episode 40, Rhino, was when you were on. We are talking about uh, Play With Purpose, which was awesome. It's a great episode. Go and listen to it, guys, if you haven't listened to it, because we're going to get even deeper and more into what Ryan's been doing. But what have you been doing in the last 102 episodes, mate? That's uh, that's nearly a year and a half. Yeah, yeah. So... Um, it's been, it's been quite a journey, Dale. Um, I spent last year, uh, teaching abroad in Abu Dhabi, teaching physical education over there. And then, uh, moving back to Canada this summer, I got married, uh, happily married. Congratulations. Uh, thank you. Thank you very much. Um, and then shortly after our wedding, we decided that it was time to switch gears and we moved to, Ottawa, uh, Ontario, in Canada, which is uh, which is the capital of Canada. And so, uh, right now, I'm I'm here working for Physical and Health Education Canada, so the national body uh, for physical education advocacy. Um, and yeah, uh, that, and some, somehow in the middle there, get this book out. So I'm pretty excited to to share a little bit more about it today. Yeah, now that's that's obviously the main reason I wanted to have you on, mate, because uh, the first book you released, which I think it was. Pretty. It wasn't that long after you were on the podcast, um, Thought Leadership, which was awesome. Uh, great read. I really enjoyed it. I remember sitting around a pool in Bali, and I read it in the day, and I thought that was fantastic. But you've gone bigger, better, stronger, amazing with your best decade. Let's talk about it, mate. What was the, the brains and the genius behind this new book? Yeah, well, th- thanks a lot for your support, Dale. And, um, I mean, uh, th- this book, um, Your Best Decade, it really – it grew organically and it, it, it was actually, it was all written within three months and it was, you know, a lot of nights in, a lot of weekends in, uh, you know, getting up early, staying up late, um, 
And really it just started as, um, you know, I didn't want to think about who my end reader was or who should I be writing this for or how do I make this look and sound great. I didn't really want to worry about any of that. I just, I just really wanted to write and I really wanted to provide value to people who would pick this up and, and read it. And so it really uh, stemmed from that uh, original organic thinking and it just grew from there in terms of the development. And then, um, you know, ironically enough, I, as I was writing it, my dad uh, was asking me, well, do you have a title of your book? And, and I said, well, no, I don't. I'm just, I'm just kind of writing. And then, you know, it was the very last chapter that my title actually came out. So, um, you know, I, I'm a firm believer, that, you know, not rushing creativity, not rushing innovation and not rushing a great, a great thing. And, uh, and I didn't want to hurry any of those steps up along the way. Yeah, I think that's really powerful, uh, Ryan, because too often we, we see, and I know we are talking a little bit about this before we started, but we know where you want to go, you want to have that book finished, but um, just enjoying the process. Were you able to be present and really enjoy the process of writing your best decade? Yeah, yeah, I really did, you know, and, and it, it really allowed me to learn a lot about myself and to really grow a lot. Um, the, the problem is, and I guess it's not really a, a huge problem, but uh, I guess just a misinterpretation of time is a lot of people don't understand. A lot of people don't understand when, you know, when you say you're kind of writing a book or, you know, um, you know, when you're, when you're doing like school or something like that, people really understand or say you're working on a, on a paid project say for a funder or something people understand, but, uh, it's hard for people to truly understand the emotions and the time and the dedication and, in the, in the heart of a writer, um, that, that's really trying to put forward the best work. Cause it's a lot of unseen, you know, not heroic, not beautiful, elegant time spent, uh, you know, tackling a word and tackling a structure and, and, uh, trying to form, form a, a really good manuscript. So, so yeah, that, that was definitely a huge learning curve along the way. And, uh, and something I learned a lot about, uh, how much respect and empathy I have for other writers. Yeah, I like that, man. I know you just mentioned a little bit about time, and obviously I think it's such a valuable commodity that um, it's a resource that I think some people use very well and others don't at all. Now, obviously working full-time, got a wife, you've just moved back to Canada. How did you How did you manage to write such a powerful book in such a short period of time with everything going on in your life? Wow, yeah. Um, that, that was definitely not easy. I, I think – I think technology has done a lot of really good things to allow writers to write from anywhere in the world. Um, you know, being able to use, say, you know, the Google, the G Suite system um, for organization, for your manuscript, allows you to be cloud-based and allows you to, uh, you know, finish your manuscript in Bali or in Australia or re- really just anywhere. So, so that really helped having that, that infrastructure in terms of internet connection and, and technology. Um, but I think ultimately when, you know, we, we get stuck, I think whether it's writing a book or, you know, a project or a hobby, we, we get stuck in the how and we get stuck in, um, you know, we want the end goal, but we, we get stuck in, in trying to get to that end goal and we, we often give up. And so what I really did with this was I just dedicated the time and I was very intentional in seeing it through. And when I was done, I was done. I, I didn't force any more chapters. I didn't try to force any additional uh, manuscript pieces. I just, uh, when I felt the inspiration and I had the time set aside to to put that inspiration 
into words that that was enough and um and so it it was definitely a lot um and i definitely you know the trade off was i didn't really socialize as much i didn't really um you know uh talk to a lot of people i was just really dialed in trying to get it finished um and so that was definitely a sacrifice that i had to make yeah but definitely one worthwhile so did you have a deadline because i know when people get a project on or they have a time frame they need to stick to did you do this or you just as you just said went organically and just waited for it to naturally happen yeah so i here's a huge learning curve i um you know, just like anything, <clears throat> you know, you, you have an idea in your mind of what you believe it's going to be. And then there's a reality. And I set probably three deadlines. Um, and I was very vocal and very public about those deadlines. And then I ended up just, um, <clears throat> obviously not meeting those deadlines just because when you're going through the writing process and the publication process and the design process, it takes a lot of time. And there's a lot of things out of your control. And I didn't know that as a, as a young writer. And so, uh, I ended up finally just backpedaling out of all deadlines and then, and then, you know, just working on my internal clock in, in terms of not rushing anything right until the end. And then when it was done, um, you know, I, I, I was happy with it, but I wasn't really, I guess to put it simply, I wasn't really under, um, you know, a public deadline near the end. It was more of an, an internal deadline. Cause I knew, I knew I had uh, dropped the ball on a few public deadlines. So, <laughs> so, yeah. so you, you were the one that put all the pressure on yourself because at the end of the day, probably no one else was worried about it. But by, was that sort of to make yourself accountable in a way, Ryan, because you didn't have a deadline. So you're trying to make one, but then you're building more pressure on yourself. Yeah, yeah, totally. And and it got to a point that, um, I mean, all those emotions that you, you face, I, I face them, um, you know, in terms of wanting to stop, wanting to give up, wanting to, you know, just hold off for another time. Um, all of those things, when you put so much pressure on yourself, and then you don't, you don't meet that pressure. So, uh, so I, again, back to the maturity and the learning pieces, I just really learned to navigate those emotions um, and to be okay in the journey, similar to what you and I have talked about before, Dale, about just enjoying the journey, um, you know, letting the writing process be a part of who you are as opposed to forcing it um, was something that I, that I had to learn. And then on the back end, you know, the, the attention to detail is not my strength. So I really had to be patient really in the last three months before getting the book out um, because that was the hardest part in terms of, all those fine details, you know, this visual looking this way, this structure looking like this, this page folding over like this, all of those very minute but very important details are not my area of strength. And when you're so close to a goal and you have little hiccups, um, that is the hardest part because you can see the finish and you yeah. can see what it looks like and you're so close. And you're not quite there. So that was tough. Yeah, I, mate, I know exactly what you mean there. So let's get into the book a little bit. Now, I know you've broken it off. I've started reading and I haven't got all the way through, which I'm sorry about. But it's broken up into three key areas, and that's obviously relationships, professional, and personal. Do you want to explain how you came up with those as a big three or what you're going to base it around and a little bit about that, Ryan? Yeah, for sure. So <clears throat> like like you just mentioned, Dale, the, the book is really – it's divided up in a way that um, allows people to focus on building their best decade, you know, professionally, personally, uh, and relationally. And, and those are what I define as the big three areas of all of our lives, regardless of what we do, what stage of life we're in. Those three areas are three big areas. 
And the reason why I chose those three areas was because there's so much out there. there. There's so much out there on, you know, how do you live your best life? How, you know, here are some life hacks uh, to better improve your quality of life. You know, there, there's so much great work that's already out there, but how do we digest it? And how, do, how, do, how does a reader take all of that information and apply it to their lives? And so I really wanted to focus in on those three main areas that affect all of us um, and just, just get really hyper-focused in that sense. Um, and so that, that was really the premise behind those, those big three areas of, of our lives. Yeah. I like that, mate. Now for me personally, I don't think that, uh, you know, you can, and I've gone through a few things in my life, but I don't think you can really focus on relationships or your professional until you're happy within yourself. Is that something that you feel as well? Oh, a hundred percent. And, and, you know, this is, um, part of the book as well in terms of, you know, I, I frame the first few chapters and it's all about you and it's all about, you know, living with intention and providing um, or living with a sense of purpose and significance. Because once you are able to establish your highest values, what you, uh, what you want to contribute to, whether you're, you know, a caretaker, a, a groundskeeper or a teacher, um, you know, establishing your values around what what you want out of your life first, and then building that out um, intentionally across those those other areas of your life uh, of your life um, are really really at the end of the day what life is all about, regardless of what your income is um, or or what you might do. It's 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 how are you aligned with your highest values and your highest priorities? Yeah, and and it's so true. And I know um, people just get caught up, like we were talking about before, with not enjoying the process, wanting to be somewhere. I'll be happy when. I'll be happy when I get this. All items, different things, location, status mm-hmm. points. But really, what they're doing is they're just forgetting and and not being present and, and living in the moment, are they? No, you're exactly right. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, and, and I think it's a really sad thing. So um, that's why I love that you've broken it down into three areas. But when you get them all going well, they all sort of flow into one, don't they? Yeah, and, that, and that's kind of the neat piece at the at the end when I talk about, um, you know, the last chapter, chapter 12, is called Got It, Give It. And essentially it's about, okay, you know, you've reached this point in the book, but, you know, this is a journey. This is not a destination, you know. Um, your life is going to change. The chapter you find yourself in in your own life is, is, is you know, it's kind of this Kaizen mentality. Um, but, but what can you give and what can you share with others? Because it, it is, that is part of it as well. Um, you know, it's nice to, to be on your best decade, on your journey, but how can you share that journey with others and invite them to join that journey with you? Yeah, because kindness, kindness is infectious. And at the end of the day, um, I'm a big believer in that our happiness reflects on the people around us. So if your mm-hmm. family, friends, colleagues, uh, they're feeling happy, they're feeling good, and you're able to help them on their best decade, that's obviously going to benefit you in the long run, isn't it? 100%. And it goes it goes along with, um, in Chapter 5, I, I talk a lot about legacy and you know, what do we want to leave behind? And, and I'm a firm believer in just leaving the world in a better place than when you entered it. And, and that involves having people with you and, and not, not in the sense of dragging them behind you, but, but walking beside you. And, um, 
And I think that that's very, very important. So I'm glad you touched on that. Yeah, definitely. So, Ryan, after obviously you've got thought leadership now, you've got your best decade, what are you most proud of so far? And I know um, you've got a big career and you're doing wonderful things, but um, do you sit back and just reflect and say, well, mate, for someone your age to have two books out, it's pretty amazing. Yeah, you know, I never really thought of it that way. Um, um, You know, I I think one of the things that I'm most proud of is, is how much I grew in, in writing both of these books. So from start to finish, both these books took three years. Um, and, um, you know, I, I, I just, I'm very humbled and very grateful that I've learned the lessons that I've learned. Um, so I think, I think that's been one piece. I think one of the, the other kind of just really cool things that I'm proud of, and, and it's just kind of a neat, um, a neat thing. I mean, I come from a very rural very small part of Canada. And, um, you know, to know when I wake up in the morning that my book is now in five, um, you know, your best decade is now in five different countries is pretty cool. It's just pretty neat to think that, um, you know, when you're in school as a kid, you know, your teachers believe in you and they tell you you can do whatever you want, that the world is your oyster, um, so to speak. And, and I never really thought that I would be in a position and, and have, um, have the something like this under under my belt to really um you know to be proud of so so i guess i'm just very humbled by that and and very grateful that um growing up in the middle of nowhere created something great for the world and uh, i hope it continues to grow and, and be shared I'm sure it will, mate. And I think that's the beauty of the generation that we've grown up in, that uh, it doesn't matter where you are in the world, you can create something, produce something, um, and it can have an impact on people you'll never meet. And I think that's amazing. So I know there's a lot of people out there, Ryan, that uh, would love to write a book. They've got an idea. or They've got to do something. What What's a bit of advice that you would give to somebody that um, has this idea that um, but just doesn't know where to start? Yeah, really good um Good question. And I was very blessed in the, in the beginning phases of writing um, each of my books to have really connected well with a few other authors who had went through the process. And they really helped guide my initial curiosity and my initial excitement for writing. So if anyone out there is, is looking to write a book, definitely connect with an author. Connect with someone who's been in the trenches, uh, who understands um, – what you're about to go through, both the good and, and the not so good, uh, and just pick their brains. You know, I actually sat, it was in, at the Connected PE conference, um, Dale, that you and I actually met at that. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I, yeah, I ended up sitting down with um, another author and, and physical educator who was actually teaching at the Cow School in Saudi Arabia with uh, Andy Basley's team. And he actually really gave me a lot of pointers. Um, and this was before I even started the manuscript for your best decade. But if, if it wasn't for him, his name was William, and I'm super grateful that I, I connected with him. But if it wasn't for him, you know, I wouldn't have had maybe, um, you know, X, Y, and Z. I, I kind of had A, B, and C, but I didn't have some of those last pieces that, that Will filled in the blanks for. And, and then there were others along the way that just really helped me. And so in a world that is very connected through social media, and through the internet, if you're a first-time writer, just just use that, leverage that to your advantage. I mean, people want to share their journey, and and I know other writers, uh, Mike Kuzaka out of the states, uh, he really tried to connect me with some publishers, and then oddly enough, I ran into him 
a few weeks ago in Montreal and we had met on Twitter and never in person. So that was kind of cool. But um, <laughs> yeah, you know, rockstar uh, phys ed guy uh, and also author who really helped me along the way. So um, pay it forward. And, and, and definitely if you're a first time author, uh, connect with other folks out there. I love that. So in that sort of relates back to where I want to go, and that's talking about mentors. So um, would you say that obviously Will, uh, he was sort of a mentor to you and that um, when the it sort of just fell in your lap that you were ready to learn and the master sort of came your way, Ryan? Yeah, when the, when the student is ready, the lesson uh, arises or something like that, right? It's, it's something like that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, it was very serendipitous to have, um, you know, actually Will and I just met at a, at a restaurant in Dubai at the conference. And I was like, who is this crazy Canadian? And, uh, you know, we got chatting and then, and then I found out, you know, all these things about him and um, very, very, uh, you know, talented writer, um, and so, uh, yeah, just, just having that time with him was, was huge. And, and then he was very supportive with, with my first book as well. And, and just, you know, obviously purchasing it and, and sharing it with his team in, in Saudi Arabia, but then just really encouraging me as well. And then with Mike, um, I don't know, it was like, when I started talking to Mike, it was like, I knew him for, for a lifetime. Um, and then when we met in person, just also very encouraging, uh, you know, very willing to answer my questions, very willing to pick up the phone and, and have a chat. And I know there's many others out there as well. Some of some other former writers that I connected with shared some information bits along the way. I know um, Medium is a great website where authors or freelance writers all over the world can post and, and they're really encouraging and they kind of coach you uh, along as well. And, and you can just really uh, build something great. Uh, in 2019 with with the the internet and the connectivity that it provides yeah and i know that's where i obviously started reading a lot of your articles before you brought out thought leadership and i i really love that and i think it's a great platform to go and obviously check out your work and then i'm sure once people do that they'll be like bang where can i get this book and i'm gonna have links for that later on but one of the other things i want to talk to you about today is because i know you're really big into routines and i'm a big believer in having a morning routine to set up your day do you want to explain a little bit about yours mate yeah well it's it's very interesting dale and a friend of mine we were actually camping in south carolina a few months ago and and we were having this conversation he's like how do you stay so active ryan with when you're traveling and you have all these things on the go um because it's been a juggling act like you mentioned you know i been kind of on this journey of teaching abroad and now moving to Ottawa and, and newly married and all these projects. But the one thing that's remained consistent has been the morning routine and actually the pre-morning routine in terms of setting setting my my mornings up for success by what I do the evening before. And so my mornings mostly consist of um, always you know some form of physical activity. Um, whether it's outside walking or running, uh, which is just something that I really love to do. And then, uh, sometimes it's swimming or, um, you know, a workout with a group like, uh, November project that we have in, in Ottawa. But, uh, that, that really kickstarts my day and it really gives me that sense of accomplishment and a sense of belonging in terms of the community that I'm in. And it just really clears my head for, for the tasks for the day. And that, that is really, um, you know, allowed me to, to be successful and feel fulfilled in my life. But, but the pre-day routine is that, that evening before. So making sure that, you know, I have my lunch packed and, and my, my food prepared, uh, gym bag is ready and, um, obviously getting, getting quality sleep. Um, 
by, by being in bed early is important. And I know it's kind of, you know, very, uh, cliche and simplistic, I guess, but, but it really is just that is not nothing really glamorous or, or anything like that. It's just consistency over time, yielding really high results in terms of, um, you know, me feeling a sense of, um, accomplishment and obviously improved health and, um, yeah, and just overall happiness when I start my day. Yeah, I love that. And, and I know you just obviously spoke about consistency, but do you think that consistency is something that um, allows you to uh, uphold your own reputation? Not what other people think of you, but because you're able to consistently dedicate time to yourself, to making yourself feel better and setting your day up each day around that your reputation, wherever you go, you already feel confident and you know you've done the work. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting that it's about the long game, right? It's about, you know, the investment in your, in your health now pays off, I believe anyway, pays off later. And, you know, when I, yeah, when I travel, I mean, my priority, my priority packing is my, you know, making sure I have my, my workout gear, making sure I have all my hydration, any snacks, anything I might need, um, you know, uh, to make, to make all that routine be very consistent, whether I'm at a conference here or a conference over there or wherever. But, um, yeah, I think, I think the consistency is huge because there's so many things that we cannot control, right? I mean, teachers know this, um, coaches know this pretty well, any profession, there's so many things that are out of your control and it's, and I find my mornings just really allow me to control what, um, you know, my goals are my, what, what do I, what do I need to feel, feel fulfilled, sorry, um, before I go into my profession and, uh, and make, you know, make decisions for the day that affect a lot of people. And, um, and so that to me, uh, having that sense of control and, and having that sense of, uh, accomplishment early and often is, is what produces success. So, yeah. Yeah. I think that's really powerful. And, in the morning, that is your time. You can, uh, and what I love about the morning, Ryan, is that uh, not many people are up. Not many people are annoying you if you uh, get up at the right time. So I think that's a great bit of advice for people. If they are struggling to fit everything into the day, then um, maybe don't sit up on your phone all night or don't uh, watch that extra Netflix show or whatever and dedicate that time for yourself in the morning to set your day up because um, a lot of people I have on here, Ryan, they all have uh, a morning routine or they all dedicate something to themselves to make their morning better which sets up their day and not only that it affects everyone else around them because they're happy they're motivated they're energetic and um they don't let excuses slow them down so i love that about you so ryan before i finish off with my last couple of questions which i always get to my guests where's the best spot to find your best decade where should we be looking to get this amazing book yeah, so uh, it is available in Australia, um, so you can check it out there via Amazon, uh, both hard copy as a paperback version and an ebook. Uh, it is also available on Apple via Apple iBooks as well. So you go on the iBook store, search your best decade, and you can get it on any iOS, uh, you know, iPad, iPhone uh, device that that you have. Uh, it's available in thirteen. Uh, countries right now so any listeners that are outside of australia uh it is available in 13 countries so a few countries in europe it's soon going to be in asia uh, and it is of course in north and south america um where you can get it again on amazon or on apple i i love the paperback version just because 
when I was writing the book and designing the book, I, I designed it more to be like a journal on the back end. So there's a lot of space and a lot of prompting questions that, that can allow you to actually write and make it a bit more of a journal um, on that discovery journey in your best decade. And so I think the paperback version is just really good, but, uh, but both options are, are super solid. I love that. I love that. And I think just actually holding a book, particularly for you because you've created it, um, it has a little bit more of a special impact, I reckon, right now. Um, when I had you back on the podcast, episode 40, I don't think I'd uh, sort of had my questions where they are at the moment. So I'm going to finish off with these last couple of questions, Ryan, that I always like to sort of round off interviews with. So if you could look back to 18-year-old Ryan and everything you've done now, so obviously teaching overseas, uh, moving around the world, getting married, right? two books, doing Spartan races, just dominating, doing everything you do. What is one bit of advice that you would give 18-year-old Ryan? I think one of the things that I've realized in in writing uh, over the past year is how important time is. And I think that um, we take it for granted. Um, You know, I, I, I think that it's so easy to, to wake up in the morning and say, Oh, I'll do this tomorrow or I'll do this tomorrow. I'll do this another time. And we just assume that time's going to be there. And that's, that's not always the case where we're not always going to have that. And, um, and so like you just mentioned, Dale, you know, there, there's definitely been a lot going on in my life, but, um, you know, part of it is I, I've been very blessed and, and very grateful to have a lot of, you know, have had a lot of connections to help me, make big decisions along the way um and to really put a strong foot forward but and i understand that not everybody has has that um that amount of connectivity or that big of a network but um but i would just encourage people and if i were if i was talking from my 80 year old self i i think i would just you know say like you know time don't don't take it for granted you know if you want to write something write it if you want to you know start a business do it if you want to go teach abroad go do it um and, you know, there's never been a better time than now. And I think that, um, yeah, I, I just I just hope that uh, you, the listeners don't take that for granted. Yeah, I think that is really powerful that uh, you can wait all you like, but nothing will end up happening until you pull the trigger and, and make it happen. So that is great advice. And time is an amazing resource that when you realize that, um, you'll use it so much better, I feel. So last question, Ron, before I let you go, mate, is uh, what do you want to be remembered for, the legacy you want to leave on the world? I know you, as I just said, you're still young, you're still dominating, you've got a lot of books in you, consulting, doing all these amazing things, but what legacy do you want to leave on the world when it's all said and done? Yeah, good, good, great question. I think um, back to what I noted earlier on, you know, throughout your best decade when you know when you're building this life that you know has a significant legacy and when you're aligning your life with your highest values and your deepest purpose and you're working on you know those those pieces every day that you need in order to put your head down at night um you know happy that that you've done everything you wanted to do in the day um i think that that is is what it's all about and i think that you know, someday, you know, if I am to be remembered for something, I, I don't, I, you know, I heard this a while back, but I don't want to be the guy that's remembered for answering emails. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just, um, you know, that, 
yeah, I don't want to be that guy, but I want to be someone who's remembered for um, someone that's, that stood for what he believed in and stood for what he was passionate about and, and executed. And he didn't waste he didn't waste his time. And um, yeah, and, and obviously a lot of other really good things and <laughs> and all that. But but I think those would be the biggest pieces that you know never never taking time for granted and um, you know taking big steps and, and making things happen um, throughout his life. So. Oh, well, Ron, I love that. I'm probably going to steal that. I don't want to be remembered for the guy who's good at replying to emails. That's a, that's a great one, mate. I, I really love that. But uh, I know your legacy is already building really strong, mate. And that uh, I'm really enjoying your best decade. I love thought leadership. So, guys, if you're listening along today, um, I'll have links in the show notes. It's episode number 142. You can go and either get the hard copy or you can get the digital copy. And I would really recommend it because um, I really love Ryan's writing. And as I said, check out Medium. Um, um, and you'll be able to see a little bit of that, and then you'll be all right. I really relate to this. It's easy to read, um, and I get a lot out of it. So I know if you like listening to this podcast, then you'll be exactly the same, and you should go and jump on that. So, Ryan, I just want to say, mate, huge effort, two books already, and it's uh, I'm really proud of you sitting on and watching, buddy, and um, I look forward to hopefully having you on uh, the podcast again, mate, where you're sharing maybe a third book or something else awesome that you're doing, mate. So keep inspiring, buddy. It's, uh, it's a real pleasure to have you on the show, mate. Well, thank you, Dale, and and hey, thank you for running uh, Energetic Radio. I think this is a fantastic resource uh, for for a lot of people, and uh, and just for your listeners here on this uh, on this radio show, um, I will be giving out a free ebook copy. Um, so the first person that that emails, uh, I think Dale, you'll probably put my contact information. You can either email Dale or myself, and. Uh, I'll put I'll put your I'll put your email on the show notes, Ryan. So first person to email Ryan, free book. That's generous of you, mate. Of course, and and thank you again, and um and I hope that we're yeah connecting again in the future as well. Thank you for all that you do, and just for being a rock star. Appreciate it. <laughs> Thanks, Ryan. You're a legend, mate.